everybody. It's your buddy Jack. Hope this podcast finds you doing well. You know, I always wish my listeners the best, right? I do truly hope you have a good day or have had a good day. Um, depending on when you're listening, if it's at the end of the week, I hope you had a good week, right? Um, I want nothing but good things to come your way, right? Good things to come your way. And that's one of the reasons why I even started this podcast, to be honest with you, is just to help kind of shed some light on some things that could go wrong, some things that families are trying to heal from, right? So you're getting some sort of recovery process within the family unit. Um, and it doesn't matter from what, really. Um, I know that um, I do talk a lot about addiction stuff. <coughs> I have talked a lot about character defects, right? And that's more um, drug and mental health uh, topic sort of stuff. Although, you don't have to have an issue with either to have character defects, right? We all know somebody, truth be told, that has some sort of little quirk about them. We'll be nice and call it a quirk, right? Um that you just can't seem to tolerate very well, right? And so overall, recovery in a family is my goal. And if that's about addiction issues for your family or mental health issues for your family, then sure, that's what we want to focus on and talk about. And I'll get back to those topics as well. But there are so many other things that can cause issues in a family unit, right? Sometimes it does include those two things, right? You can't always have family stressors that exclude drugs and alcohol, mental health issues. Sometimes they do overlap, right? Quite often they overlap. Um, And I spent the last several, I guess, podcasts trying to focus on things that can can be stressful, in a relationship, in a marriage, in a family unit uh, uh, that has to do with other things besides alcoholism and drug addiction. But at any given time, on any topic I'm talking about, you sure could connect those dots, right? Because it's like families have these issues, and sometimes there's drugs and alcohol uh, in the mix to exacerbate them, right, make them worse, Or you have these issues on top of dealing with someone's mental health issues that, again, also tend to exacerbate and make things or make things worse, right? Uh, So, yeah, any given moment, any given time, any given family, you could overlap drug addiction issues, alcoholism issues, mental health issues with these things, right? Now, I would hate for that to happen in today's um, or in this podcast uh, uh, topic, because today you know, I'm um, talking about grief, right? Strain on a relationship. How does grief create strain on a relationship, right? Because it happens. It happens. Sometimes there can be a major, major impact on a family unit. When there's a loss in the family, right? And I find, I find it very disheartening um, to see 
a seemingly perfect relationship um, or perfect marriage gets struck down and blown to pieces by one event, the loss of a family member, right? Uh, and I think it's more devastating when it's a child, right? So we'll get into that. So first, please, please, please don't forget to hit that support button. I appreciate anything and everything that you feel led to contribute to this podcast. I am grateful, 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 and I count it all a blessing. Also, don't forget to hit that message button. Start a conversation with me. If I touch on a topic that you have some ideas about or want to share your point of view or your experience in, absolutely feel free, right? Feel free to hit that message button and start a conversation with me. Um, I'll be glad really glad to hear from you for sure, right? So, seemingly perfect family, perfect relationship, perfect marriage, struck down, blown to pieces by any one given event. Mm. A devastating one, of course, right? Um, One that's most devastating, as I mentioned, is, yes, death. Death is hard. The loss can be hard on anyone, but it doesn't have to break. You know, it it, well, it does break my heart to see good couples turn out turn on each other when someone close dies. Usually, the loss of a child seems to have the biggest impact um, and have the biggest effect. I've been blessed that this has not happened. To my wife and I directly, right? I wouldn't even begin to understand what that would feel like um, to have a young child, for whatever reason, um, pass away. But I can see and I've observed the stress of that kind of loss. I've seen the aftermath in my office all too often. If this is something that has happened to you and your family, I grieve with you. So, I grieve with you for your loss, for sure. And yes, this is still a topic, um, this is still a tough topic for me. I could not imagine the pain, as I said, but this still um, has me hurting for the people that can't seem to sustain this blow to the relationship. Um, how a want, what was once strong love just destroyed by a loss. Right? And I don't know that if, if it's a family member or even an older child, right? You have to know. I fullheartedly believe that that is not what that family member would have wanted for your relationship. Assuming that it's not a toxic one to begin with, right? Assuming that it's not a toxic one to begin with. I'm talking about mostly healthy, thriving relationship. While financial issues, responsibilities, trust, and caring for one another may be primary concerns, even the healthiest relationships can struggle because of grief. Whether it is the death of a child, 
other family member, or close friend, a pet, loss and grief can have a huge impact on a marriage, on a relationship. The belief that the death is the death of a loved one, especially a child, can be overcome easier by couples because they can rely on each other is not necessarily true. Sure, you do have that immediate comfort if you are willing to utilize each other as that. You have that immediate comfort, that uh, shoulder to lean on. Although I have seen the outcome go both ways, I have seen relationships fall apart. But I have seen couples and whole families band together and support each other through a devastating loss. I've seen it like a clan. They come together, lean on each other, and seem to make each other stronger and help each other get through the loss. As a husband and wife, the two of you have a bond. Losing a child, however, is an experience where each of you must endure your own pain. Although you have lost the same child, the loss felt is unique to each of you. That could be the root of the devastation. In grief, there is a profound sense of isolation and hurting for people. Many focus on your own feelings, causing you to be overlooked or causing you to overlook the others that are also hurting, particularly your spouse. You can be so self-focused, right, on what you're thinking and feeling and dealing with that you lose sight of the people around you that are also hurting. You may not be able to meet all the expectations of your spouse all the time, especially when you are grieving. Many times you may expect each other to relieve the pain for each other, and when it doesn't happen, you can begin to feel angry, resentful, maybe even more hurt or abandoned. Arguments over trivial matters can pile up and damage the strength of the marriage. Right? The loss is difficult enough. What you may need now is to value, protect, and strengthen your relationship. Looking for help should always be an option. Therapy does work. Therapy does work, right? In the aftermath of the loved one's death, right? After a member of the family dies, one spouse may be struggling while the other thinks that it is not the right time to work on a marriage while grieving. The question remains whether your marriage is strong enough to endure this devastating loss. Even the best marriages can collapse under the stress and pressure of a loss of a loved one. The, de the death can create a deeper, right, and become a bigger issue than you've encountered ever, right? It could become a bigger issue than you've ever encountered, alone or together. And the loss of a child may, or many, bereaved couples can experience serious marital difficulties within months following 
the death of a child. The divorce rate among bereaved couples has been a controversial topic. Maybe because they can't quite get the percentage right. Right? But it's been a controversial topic. There is a book that a person named Harriet Shiv, S-C-H-I-F-F, published. Right? It's a book that he or she published that is said to illustrate that 75% of such parents eventually divorce. That's a pretty big number. You know, if Harriet in this book is accurate, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good number. I can't imagine what the complete divorce rate would look like if you were to add those of divorced for other reasons, right? If you added that rate to this rate, mm, it just seems like there's an overwhelming number of divorces, right? And I get it. For some, there are some other character de- character defect issues, you know, where nothing really catastrophic happened. They just may have gotten bored, right? We've talked about boredom in a relationship before, right? So I'm sure there are some other factors like that too, but I just can't imagine what the number holistically would be, right? More than intense grief, the loss of a loved one can have another unexpected effect on the marriage and can create turbulence in other areas of the marriage. Death can alter the way couples see each other and feel about each other. Couples may experience communication problems or intimacy issues or both, right? Or both. Marriage is a delicate balance, and after a great loss, the spiritual and emotional balance may not be the same. May not be the same, right? Now, experiencing grief in other ways or different ways, no couples will grieve the same way, right? Each person in the relationship will grieve differently. Even when experiencing the same loss, couples who have lost the same child will rarely have the same way of mourning because they likely shared a different relationship with the child. One partner may be very expressive about his or her feelings, while the other will choose to remain silent, which is not a good thing, right? You can't contain all that pressure like a pressure cooker, right? And you'll release the steam a little at a time, but if you don't, there's an explosion coming, right? Try not to stay silent, right? Maybe you need some quiet time to process for a little while, but I wouldn't stay that way. One may demonstrate grief in in a more outward way, such as crying, using work to avoid strong feelings, right? Looking at photo albums or watching family videos. There's all sorts of ways that people can outwardly express what they're thinking and feeling and work through the grieving process. The intensity of grief can also come in a different pattern for each person. 
Some may grieve in their own way in private, and some may seem fine, then break down when something reminds them of their loss. One spouse may find it more difficult to express grief openly. The other may be very emotional and possibly resent the other for not caring as much, quote unquote, just because you don't see the emotions outwardly doesn't mean that they're not hurting just the same. Right? It may, however, become necessary to seek counseling. I talk about counseling and therapy all the time. There's nothing wrong with it, and it is a good way to approach resolving your grief issues together as a couple, strengthening your marriage, your relationship, right? And and or by yourself to process your own way, right? But not doing something is, is never good. It's never good, right? And then you have life after the loss. While you may never feel the same, while you may never feel the same as you did before, it is important to move forward. You will always love your child, and there uh, are many ways to express that love. Like other grieving parents, maybe go to a support group. If you're not considering counseling or therapy, maybe try a support group. You may honor the child who has died or the family member who has died by helping others. You may also seek the support of others who have had a similar experience uh, to help you fully understand the meaning of your loss. Many grieving parents wonder if their life can be whole again after losing someone so dear. It may seem difficult to imagine yourself smiling, having fun, and experiencing the joys of life again. Keep in mind that understanding the grieving process can help you, right? Understanding the whole process can help you find the right path through this tough time. The memory of this loss will remain with you. However, in time, the pain can subside and soften. You don't have to go through this journey alone, right? And just because you grieve and work through the process and get to a point where you've overcome the loss doesn't mean you forget them. Continual mourning, right? Continual mourning can be unhealthy. Just because you find a way to get past it doesn't mean you get over it. And just because you find a way to get past it doesn't mean you've forgotten the lost loved one. Working through the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and hurt, and processing all that and getting past it just means that you're able to become a healthier version of you, right, and move forward. If the loss has the same impact equally, okay, I'm not saying on its annual date that it doesn't create some stir in your emotions, but if it's equal year in and year out and hurts the same to the same degree, year in and year out, that tells me that you're probably not moving past it. Right? Again, I'm not talking about forgetting the person. Moving through the process and healing does not equal forgetting the person. 
Because that will never happen. You'll always love them. Right? And really, I guess that's the point I'm trying to get across. Is that you don't want to just simply prolong the hurt. Right? No family member would ever want to know that they left their family in this perpetual pain. Right? Year in and year out, this perpetual revolving door kind of pain. Right? It happens. It does happen. And that's probably what can be maybe the influencer for relationships finally crumbling, coming apart. It's because there's this ongoing perpetual pain every year and as I said if it's equal every annual date then that could simply imply that you're not moving past it and again I'm not saying that you need to move on and forget that's not the same thing that's not the same thing just the rest of your family that is around you doesn't want to see you continually hurt year in and year out, right? And that goes for whether you're married or in a relationship or not, right? So let's talk for a second about protecting your marriage, your relationship in the face in the face of grief. While grieving can be an uncertain time, and your marriage may undergo many strains, including the possibility of divorce. Know that you do have options. You and your spouse or significant other person can actively work on your relationship together. This can be done a lot more effectively with the help of a trained professional. Again, I'm talking therapy. Right? If not together, then maybe one of you can work on these issues Um, As you allow your partner to grieve in his or her own way. Maybe you find that counseling or therapy is significant enough or important enough for you. And maybe you see that your, your partner is doing pretty good going through the grieving process. Right? I would still suggest you go as a couple. Especially if you are married. Um, Because so many intimate emotional changes can happen and so much emotional growth can happen when you do those these kinds of things uh, together right this can be done a lot more effectively with the help of a trained professional even though grief can result in feeling alone in time it can improve the feelings of isolation can be Eased by knowing there is someone you can find comfort in. Right? Someone you can find comfort and strength in and build on those together. Apart from the despair and pain, you may be experiencing some new difficulties in your relationship after losing a loved one, especially if it's a child. There may be strong emotions you have not previously felt before. Or different issues may arise 
which may need new ways to resolve them. If you're going through something you've never gone through before, right, it's safe to say that you're not quite sure what direction to go, which is going to bring on the healing most effectively, not faster, most effectively. The process can take time. So, okay, let me talk to my couples of faith for a second. Those that do believe in God and consider themselves to be Christian, it is said that couples that are strong in their faith manage through grieving differently. And maybe Christians, maybe we do. You know, because we do have this ultimate shoulder in our eyes that we can turn to. These ultimate healing hands that can bring us some inner peace, right? We tend to turn to our faith. And if you turn to your faith as a couple, the strength in that degree of bond is extremely strong. Faith and spirituality are complex but important topics in the wake of a loss, right? Religion can be an incredible comfort in times of loss, but losing our losses can also cause us to question our faith. As we struggle to make sense of the death, right, it can cause us to question our faith. And in cases like we're talking about, it can be pretty tough, right? Grief can be confusing, and it can confuse your feelings about your faith. And our faith can confuse feelings about our gr- our grief, right? Everybody knows that there's a last day, right? Most of us have lost some elderly people in our family before, so we know the day is coming. It is more difficult, though, I think, when the younger generation in some sort of, you know, car accident or whatever, they pass away, they die too early, then there lies some of the confusion. It's like, why? Right? Why, why, why? I have absolutely no doubt that in nearly every case, the expression... Those who believe need not grieve. (laughs) When that stuff is said, I really don't know what to think. It is with the best of intentions, I'm sure, when someone makes that kind of comment, right? Just like, he or she is in a better place, or it's all part of God's plan, right? We already know these things. People tend to share them out of, I guess, nervousness, not really knowing what to say, right? But it is coming from a place uh, of hope, right? Hope that they uh, will bring comfort to the griever. That's what I think people say those kinds of things for, right? What becomes complicated is when one internalizes those quotes and starts to feel that the depth of their grief is somehow 
reflecting or reflective of their faith or lack thereof. This can leave believers questioning why they are still feeling the pain of grief when someone they love is now with God. That can be confusing. It's like, if I'm hurting, does that mean I should question my faith? No. No. Not at all. Grief is our natural reaction to a loss. Right? We feel a deep and aching pain when someone we love is no longer with us. When someone we love is gone, we feel the dozens of emotions that come with grief. Sadness, anger, guilt, fear, loneliness, blame, and more than I can possibly list. The one I do find the most disheartening, though, is guilt. Why some people do feel guilt about the loss of a family member, and I get it. Maybe you should have been there more often. Maybe you didn't get to say all the things that you wanted to say. Maybe the death came at a time where um, there was some static in the family and no one was talking, right? I get it. I get it. Which is another reason why we shouldn't allow those things to erode our relationships, our family relationships, right? Because tomorrow was promised to no one. Tomorrow is promised to no one, right? So there's more on this list that I could pro- possibly, you know, tell you. Though faith that someone is in a better place or that you will see them again can be a comfort that does not remove the pain, though, right? Just because you know and feel these things does not remove the pain that the person is gone. It does not change the trauma that can come from watching someone suffer um, from a prolonged or painful illness. This does not eliminate the anger, the blame, the guilt, the regret, or countless other feelings that came up following the loss, right? Because so many things can happen. So many things can happen when we're talking about the loss of a loved one. When you're talking about the loss of a loved one at any age, it's devastating. But I truly feel like that's, instead of allowing it to destroy your marriage or your relationship, maybe it should be considered the prime time for you to come together, right? Come together more. Lean on each other more, right? And again, I'm talking about what would perceivably be a healthier marriage or relationship, right? I get it. You got those marriages that are already struggling, right? No matter what the struggle is, whether it's affair, finances, right? Loss of a job, whatever. If there's already turbulence in the marriage or relationship, Sure, this sort of a loss could be the end-all scenario. But if it's a good, strong, healthy, loving marriage or relationship, why would, and again, this is about having not been through it, 
But I truly, in my heart of hearts, feel like it would draw my wife and I even closer than we are. Because it would tear me up inside to see her hurting. Should we lose her parents, my parents, right? One of our adult, adult children. And I know that it would tear her up inside to see me grieving the pain of the loss of our parents, either side, or one of our kids, right? I get it. I get it. But that's when you have to, I feel like, dig your heels in, love on each other, lean on each other, right? It is not that your grief and your faith should be separate. It's that you must remember that the depth of your grief does not imply a loss in faith. The problem with the statement, those who believe need not grieve, is that one is made to feel that the reverse must be true. And that is not the case. Not the case. Those who do grieve do believe. I truly do not believe that. Man, this is tough. I think it's, you know, there are things in the world that are hard to understand and things in the world that would rattle anyone's faith, right? I feel like um, in time, right, in time, you hurt, the pain, and the loss, people should come closer together. Recently, well, not real recently, but in the last few months, it lost an aunt, and she was one of my favorite aunts. I love all of my aunts, right? But this is one aunt that I, I kind of grew up in her home, too. And I always share this story about how my brother and I would spend the night with my cousins, yeah, um, and we would all be just camping out in the living room for, floor because there's so many of us, right? At any given time, there could be six of us. And so we would spray out in the living room floor, you know, with blankets and pillows and, you know, just enjoying each other's time. We would spend the night and sleep there in the living room floor. And it wouldn't be very much, or it wouldn't seem like very much longer, but it was whatever all night is. This aunt would start fixing us all breakfast. And she would start early. Right? Well, what was early to me as a kid, it was probably six or seven in the morning. And I would hear banging pots and pans and her complaining about life. And complaining about having to feed all those kids. Right? <laughs> but those are those are actually good memories. It was just so funny to me. But she's a loss in our whole family. And I feel like our whole family did just that, pulled together. Right? 
And maybe that is the way it should be. I'm hoping that if you're listening and you have you're dealing with a recent loss that and you're in a relationship, you can manage through the aches and pains together. Right? Hopefully you can manage through the aches and pains together. I think it could help reach uh, um, you should reach deep inside for that spiritual and emotional connection that brought you two together in the first place. Right? Somewhere along the lines you were in love and if you're not in a unhealthy relationship and feel like you should still be in love, then why not fight for it? Right? Reach deep for whatever that spiritual connection was, whatever that emotional connection was that brought you together in the first place. Tap into that again and work through the grief process. Side note, but very important note. Don't let the loss of one cause you to look past the others in your family, right? Don't let the loss of one cause you to look past the others in your family. It's hard to do. I've seen how the loss of a child can cause parents to look past and disconnect from the other children. If you've got more than one kid, right? And look past each other. And it's not it's not a competition. Not anyone's grief is more important than the other. It should be done together. But if you disconnect because you're grieving, there's a whole other problem. You can't overlook the other kids. You can't overlook your spouse because you're grieving, right? That does create a whole nother mess. Go through the grieving process, but include your family. Grief doesn't have to destroy the futures of other little ones, right? And it doesn't have to destroy your marriage or your relationship. It doesn't have to come to that. Work through it. Right? Work through it. And hopefully, hopefully, prayerfully, I should say, prayerfully, you can manage through the grieving process together and be a beacon for each other. Right? And maybe gain an even stronger spiritual and emotional connection. And make you a better couple at the end of it all. And a stronger couple at the end of it all. Hope you guys got something out of this podcast. I appreciate your time. Right, If you're a returning listener, thanks again. Keep coming back. I appreciate you very much. If you're new... I know it was a tough topic. I hope you got something out of it. Share it with friends and family, right? And until next time, be blessed, everybody.